We're in Luke chapter 5, 17 to 26. We're working through a series of stories that, that to Luke, they seem, you know, to us it says, like in a certain town, on a certain day, in a certain region, in a certain thing. And it, it, it was like, I just, I want you, my friend, that I'm writing this letter to, this, um, because he was writing to a friend. He said he had two things in his mind. He wanted to make sure that this guy knew who Jesus was, and so he could follow him. But he also wanted him to see who Jesus was and how he acted so that he could begin to walk with Jesus. And that's, that's the goal of all of us. And so he, he gives us a, a, a bunch of, so he declares, okay, I am the Messiah. He reads Isaiah 61. And he's like, wow, he's, he's the Messiah. But then he starts putting together, it seems like a collection of stories about what Jesus does in certain time, you know, it's, they're not defined. And I, I like the, the lack of definition because he just, in, in, in the Gospel of John, it says if all the things about Jesus were written down, it would take all the libraries in the world to, to fill them up. So it's like, I can't put everything down, my friend, but I'm going to put down these certain stories so that you can see who Jesus was and how he acted uh, on the earth. And this one, and, and you know, so we, last week we talked about the leper. Uh, I have a funny story about that, but I'm not going to tell it. Uh, maybe in anticipation, I'll tell it offline because uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, and then uh, before that, he was at uh, Peter's mother-in-law's house, and he was healing a lot of people. Uh, and then uh, before that, he he cast out a demon out of a guy. And before that, he 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 uh, filled up a couple boats f- full of fish. And so, in in each of these things, they're seeing the power of God. They're seeing that He's not like a normal guy, but he, and he's seeing the power of God, but he's really just showing how the fulfillment of that Isaiah 61 in Luke, in Luke 4 is like, I've come to deliver the oppressed, I've come to open the eyes of the blind, and, and so he's showing his friend, look at, look at these instances of how God is acting through Jesus. Okay, so this is what it says. So one day, Jesus was teaching. I like that. One day, yeah, he was teaching. And the Pharisees, and then we, here's the first introduction of another group. The Pharisees and the teacher of the law were sitting there. So they're in the room, Jesus is there, and guess who's there? The critics. Now, I, I, I've never seen a critic at church before, but uh, let's just say there was one. Okay. And they had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. I love that. They, they came from everywhere. They're like, oh, we, we have to see who this guy is. Uh, we're, we're afraid that he might be honing in on some of our territory here. And then it says this, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. I love that. It's like the power of the Lord was with the Lord to heal the sick. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute, but I highlighted that. So some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, underline, he said, friends, friend, your sins are forgiven. 
The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Isn't this so dramatic? Jesus knew what they were thinking (laughs) and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? (laughs) Isn't that great? He's like, I know know what you're thinking. (laughs) Why are you thinking like this? And they're like, what, what? How, How do you know what I'm thinking? Okay, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them and took what he had been lying on and went home praising God, I bet. (laughs) Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. And they were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Okay, now I know you've heard this story before. You've heard it in Sunday school. It's a great one. Got little pictures of guys, lowering guys through the roof, making a mess, right? All that kind of stuff. So we have to kind of see it for the first time again. That's the problem with the Bible. We have to get say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me? Okay. So back to my, my thesis is that Peter is, or uh, Luke is trying to, t- he, he's trying to tell his friend, listen, I want you to see who Jesus is. And he introduces a pretty radical concept is that I am the one who is able to forgive. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, uh, David in in one of his psalms, he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. I don't know about, when I got saved, I was like super happy. We we talked about shame and guilt last week, and it's like, it's really nice to be able to walk free in the grace of God for the first time. And and this guy here, it, 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 I think it first appears that his friends were bringing him to be healed. But he was really, but the, Jesus gave him what he needed and really what he came for. What he came for was forgiveness. Because ultimately all of us are going to pass from this life, right? Uh, all of us are, get, we'll, we'll probably get older and, and we'll probably start falling apart. Anybody? Maria? Okay, Maria is attesting that well, as you get older, you tend to fall apart. <laughs> but if Maria was not saved this morning and we said, okay, Maria, would you rather that your knee feels better and your back feels better, or would you rather that you are forgiven of all your sins so that you can make your way to heaven? You say, I'll take the trade-off. I'll take the pain for the salvation. And because those that know they're broken and know that know they need that, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. They know this free gift of God is so important. Okay. So, but the, the writer is also trying to show us how Jesus acted. And, and I, I want to just back up one verse uh, from last week. And it's the verse that connects the, our last thought from last week to here. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And I didn't really talk about that much last week. 
And I'm just leaving it again to you. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And then just a little bit further it says, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. How many would like to see the power of the Lord to heal the sick? Yeah. See, Jesus was confined while he was on this earth. Though he was fully God, he was confined as a human to act with the Holy Spirit to accomplish the works of God. Okay? And so Jesus didn't get a free pass somehow. He could have. But he chose to stay in communication with the Father and take what the Father gave him for the day. Because why else would it say, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick? Shouldn't that always be the case? I mean, we just saw in the last chapter that, that everybody who came to him, he healed. But then why did Jesus go to lonely places to pray? Why didn't he just act outside of himself and say, look, I am fully empowered now. But instead, he kept going back. So the reason I say that is because I think Luke was trying to tell his friend that in order, I I want you to see how he saves, but I want you to see how he walks. Because just as we are saved, we get to walk like Jesus. Now, I'm not going to say that you're going to turn into a faith healer of some sort. I wish we all would. I wish we all had the power of the Lord to heal the sick. That would be super awesome. But then we'd just create a crowd, and then you know the church would have 16 services, and, and I'd be dead because I, I couldn't handle all that. Because uh, Right? So instead, we just give it to Jesus, and we, and we pray. As James tells us, we pray for the sick and and we see God restore them. Okay, all that. Okay, so let's go back to our talk here. So one day as he was teaching, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from everywhere. So Jesus comes in. He's like, okay, it's time to to share the gospel and and start healing some people. And right there on the front row, right there, are a bunch of guys saying, That's not how God works. God only works as we know him to work in the past. This is one of the problems with with the Christian church today because we're still trying to say that God only works the way he works in the past. And so Jesus is like, I want you to see that God is always ready to do a new thing. Always. Okay? And even even last month or a month ago, there, there were you know, headlines in, in certain conservative papers saying that in Ashbury, Ashbury uh, College, a, a bunch of people were getting together and a revival was breaking out in Kentucky. And, you know, I, I read some Christian stuff once in a while, you know, Christian news, you know, and you've got preachers on every side. Let's, you know, this isn't God. It's like, I don't know if it's God. This is totally God. So you, so you have, you know, you have critics across the board. God's just doing something. And we are like, yeah, it can't be God. Yeah, God doesn't do any of that anymore. And then the other people's like, oh, I'm not really sure. I'm always, I always like to stay in the middle. It's like, it might be God. You know, Jesus even said, hey, listen, the, you know, the kingdom of God is like, you know, wheat and tares. God's doing something. There's wheat in those tares. And there's tares in those wheat. Am I making myself clear? <laughs> and so instead of judging everything and saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm the wise man here. 
He says, hey, let, let God sort that stuff out and pray for, the, for that. If it's a revival, pray that it, it sweeps the, the world, right? And if it's not a revival, pray that whatever God's doing with those young people, which God would continue to do, okay? Uh, it, but these guys, they're like, uh, yeah, I don't think God's really doing this. And so I wanted to put down, and the reason I, I, I titled this first point, Judging Jesus, is because I realized that I judge Jesus too, right? I mean, but when I read stuff now, it, it's not normal, uh, but these guys, it says that they're here, they were sitting, and there's a you know, when the teachers of the law back then, they would sit to teach. So basically, it was a place of authority. Have you ever sat in front of Jesus? Anybody? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, uh, Jesus, you don't really know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're doing. How do we know this? Is because he's speaking to us constantly. Uh, Gio gave us a good illustration. Hand that burrito over. It's like, Lord, you don't know what I've just gone through. So how about we say no? And they're like, now i got to eat two burritos, man. I'm going to be really full here. (laughs) Oh, Lord, uh, thank you for sharing that story. I love that story. Okay, so these guys knew better than Jesus, and we often, too often, want to know better than Jesus. And Jesus is always trying to take us out into deeper water, and we're like, yeah, I don't think that's the Lord. Okay. And so, of course, they were, they were critics. These guys were good conservatives. They're like, you know, good conservatives, nothing should change. No, it has to change, people, <laughs> because the way it works is different now because the Savior has come. Okay. Uh, now, here's another thing that, kind of, before I move on, the problem with critics is that they don't see things the way the Lord sees them. In, in that time, it, it, when somebody was sick, uh, they, would, they, they would ask the question, what have you done to sin against God? Right? How many have ever, ever done that? You know, I, I still do that. You know, somebody will have a heart attack. I'm like, well, it was all those cheeseburgers. Right? I'm a critic, <laughs> you know. Now it might have been those cheeseburgers, but I know other people. My dad ate a lot of cheeseburgers. He didn't, he didn't die of a heart attack, right? I mean, it, it's it's it, it's not because of his sin. It might be, but we want to always try to assign sin to everything. So it's like, ah, if they didn't do that, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be where they're at, right? Have you ever done this? You know, see a broke guy, see a homeless guy. It's like, well, you know, I'm sure he, he had the opportunity. And that's what these guys were doing. It's like they're just judging everything. And Jesus is like, I don't care. I'm not seeing you that way. I don't, I don't try to diagnose you. I try to heal you, to give you grace, grace upon grace, right? Now, back in this day, that, and you'll see throughout the Gospels, they, they, they don't have like a medical diagnosis. They just look at what's wrong with the guy. They don't say, man, he has glycoma, and that's why he's blind. They're like, he's blind, you know. He's like, he's got a bad skin disease. No, he's got leprosy. He's like, he's, he ain't walking. He's paralyzed. And so they just name it for what it is. And so this paralyzed guy comes in, and, and it was interesting. I'd never read this before, uh, but some commentary commentarians um, believe that 
that it's possible that this guy had syphilis. Now, if you know what that is, uh, uh, they didn't have uh, penicillin back then. Um, but one of the late stages of a person with that complex is that they would become paralyzed. And one of the reasons they bring this in is that this person really was seeking forgiveness because he had gone away morally from God. And more than anything, he was at the end of his life, but he was seeking the forgiveness that only God could bring. And I thought, it's interesting. We don't know, but it's an interesting take on it because ultimately we all have gone away from God morally and all of us in our hearts want that assurance that the Savior can forgive us. So this is about great stuff. Okay, so all that to say, stop judging everybody <laughs> for whatever ailments or whatever they got going. If they're, if they're broke, if they're tall, if they're losing their hair, it's like, yeah, you should have taken more whatever, you know, get some more Rogaine going, whatever. Instead, the call for us is to give grace upon grace. It's like, I don't care how it all went down. It doesn't matter. Let me pray for you. Let me see you as a child of God. All right, number two. Uh, then we get the story of the, of the five guys. Five guys, that's like a hamburger joint. <laughs> it's like, okay, stop eating those hamburgers. I don't want to have to judge you. Just kidding. All right, here we go. So, so <laughs> it says, I know. So some men came. carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. But the problem was they couldn't get in the house because the dumb Pharisees, now I'm judging Pharisees, because dumb conservatives were trying to to judge Jesus and they were keeping the stuff from flowing, right? They were in the way. But instead, these these five uh, men, or the the four guys, it says they tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way I love that. They could not find a way. And I feel that way sometimes. It's like, I, I, I want to find a way to get people to Jesus. Right? I mean, ultimately, where, where it's at is people coming to the Savior. That's what I'm praying for all the time. That's what revival is for me, is when people who don't know Jesus get to know Jesus. Right? And it's because they couldn't find a way to do this because of the crowd... They went up to the roof and lowered him through the mat, through the tiles. I'm not going to give you a, a construction lesson on how they constructed homes in, in Israel. All to say is they went up upstairs. They broke through. And you can just see this Jesus is teaching and all this stuff starts coming down. It's kind of like if these panels started falling down on the ground or like, man, I'm just trying to get the pastor stew this morning. I'm like, oh, that's bad. Uh, so, but they, they break through. And I was, I was, I was thinking about this uh, because what is it for us? There, there's a couple things that come to mind when I, when I think about this. Is, it, it's kind of like they, I, I wrote down, that they had some strong guys because to lower a guy into a room you know, that's on a mat, so these guys were strong. So they, they had some strong friends. They had some innovators, right? It's like, how are we going to do this? Well, they're blocked. They're looking around. Let's go through the roof. So they're innovators. These are people. It's like, what do we have to do to innovate so that we can see people come to Christ? Making sense? And then, of course, they had the engineers. 
Good news, we're living in Silicon Valley. We got a few engineers that, that can, you know, take the take this roof off, man. That's that's the best way to get it. Um, so for us, though, we have the innovation that Jesus gave us of prayer. I am still convinced that the reason that people come to know Jesus is because of our prayers. One hundred percent. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how my eyes were open. I don't know how, how your eyes were open. How how is it that, you know, and even back to our, our verse here, it says, this is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. And there's a question that scholars have. It says you've been, it's by grace that you've been saved. Is that the gift of God? Or is it faith? It's like, how did God, that God gave me a gift that I could Say, yes, I believe in you. And that's what our prayers do in, seeing, in, in evangelism. So these guys had that. They're like, man, we got to get this guy to Jesus. I think most of our, most Christians think that everybody goes to heaven automatically. Or at least we act that way. I know we don't believe it theologically. We think that, you know, but we have to create a way in our minds to allow all the other people that we know not to know Jesus. I do too. But I constantly think of it. How do we innovate? How do, what kind of, what kind of engineering do we need so that we can pray in such a way that we can get these people to Jesus? You'll notice that it took four guys to do it. And I think that's illustrative of what we need. It always takes a few people to get, to get people to Christ. You know that? So I need you to pray with me for my peoples, and, I, and you need me to pray for you for your peoples, right? And so that's what these guys did. But let's talk just for a couple minutes about this paralyzed guy. Do you know that before Christ, meeting Christ, we are all completely paralyzed, there is nothing we can do to be saved. Zero. We can't walk to him. We can't crawl to him. We can't get to him. There's nothing in us. And if we think about that for all those people that we know that don't know the Lord, they're completely paralyzed. They don't, we think that somehow they're going to be able to crawl to Jesus on their own. But this is the perfect illustration. I think Luke put it here on purpose to show us that it, it's got to be this other miracle that happens. And it's the four people bringing them to Jesus. Okay. So, do you have four people of faith around you? Well, I know you do right here. But I was, I was thinking, I, I called a friend of mine uh, recently. And it's... it's uh, pastor friend of mine, his name's Ira. I'm like, Ira, I, I, I need you to call me more often. <laughs> you know, because I can't call him more often. He's too busy. Um, but I said, this is what I need from you. Because I was, I was praying one day and I was like, 
every time I talk with Ira, we're like old school guys who are, you know, it always ends up like, how you doing? How are the kids? Yeah, everything's terrible. That's okay. Okay with it. You know, moving right along, you know, uh, how's the ministry? Yeah, yeah, terrible. And then, and then we, we come to, yeah, we start talking about the revival. He always does. He, every time he's like, yeah, I was talking to, you know, I've got this prayer for me. I'm like, I need some people around me that talk about the revival that's coming. And so I, I, I called him one day and I'm like, uh, it was just last week. I said, dude, dude I, need, I need you. What do you need me for? I'm like, I need you to call me and remind me about the revival because I don't have enough people around me. I don't have four guys that are going, we got to take this thing for God. You guys got to do that to me. He said, Pastor, we got to take this thing for God. Pastor, we got to do this thing. We got to see God act. Right? It only takes four. It doesn't take 400. Takes four. Four people changed this guy's life and literally changed the world because the last thing it says is, We have seen remarkable things. They would not have seen remarkable things that day if those four people hadn't gone for it. It's like, We're going to do whatever it takes to make sure my friend gets saved. That's good stuff, right? Man, that'll preach. Okay, just kidding. I was thinking this is kind of four square. Yeah, they got four guys. Anyway, where where are we? All right. I'm going to end with my last point. It is by grace. There's really just two kinds of people in the world. Yeah, everybody likes to categorize stuff. (laughs) Those that say, I don't need forgiveness. (laughs) And those that say, I need forgiveness. Now, the people who say, I don't need forgiveness, they need the Holy Spirit to convict them of sin and righteousness and the judgment to come. Right? And don't wait. Because I think, you know, it's like a lot of people, they wait till their deathbed. <laughs> what a waste of a life. <laughs> it's like, I live my whole life without God. And then it's like, thank you, Jesus, for taking me to heaven, which is good. I, I mean, that's good. But wouldn't it have been great? if it started now. And then they live their life for Christ, and then when they get to see him, Jesus is like, well done, my good and faithful servant. Good job. That was awesome. Instead of, you know, the deathbed is like, well, I can't really say well done because you haven't done anything, but by grace you've been saved through faith, unless it's not of yourself, it's good, it's a gift of God, and you're in. But getting in isn't the point, is it? It's being in to the kingdom. Being part of the four that brings the one. Being the one that says, wow, look at what God did as, that, as a workmanship created in advance for us. Okay. It's by grace. We're back to the paralytic. There's no power in us, but there's lots of power in the Lord. And you know, we're, we're, we get, we're actually getting towards Easter, I think. This, this year's going so fast, I think we're getting towards Christmas. <laughs> but I know on the way to Christmas, we're going to hit Easter in a couple of weeks. And Easter is always one of those times where people are like, yeah, I'll go to church, you know. And I want us to, to practice being one of the four today. 
Uh, what's funny is that people, they can't come to Jesus unless they hear about Jesus. And most of us think, oh, we're in America. They've heard about Jesus. They haven't really heard. They haven't. And they haven't heard it through the people that they trust, like us. And so what I wanted to do this morning is uh, I wanted to pray an overall prayer. But I wanted us to just stop for a minute and think about those that are that don't know Jesus in our life. And ask the Lord, can you connect me with some people that will pray until we break through the roof and get this guy in front of Jesus? I don't think we've stepped out far enough, strong enough. I haven't. So... If I haven't, you probably haven't. Sorry, don't mean to point at you, but <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but you're the pastor. You're supposed to do that. And it's like, yeah, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, well, then you guys do it. You know what? You can, you, you should try to surpass your pastor. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're too slow, man. You're in the slow lane, man. Uh, so that's our, that's. I'm just baptizing you with that. <laughs> All right. So shall we? Can you think of one person that doesn't know Jesus? Okay, can you think of two? <clears throat> Let's not go too far out. I mean, you can pray for two. You can pray for... But let, how about we just say, Lord, I'm going to pray for this one person. That way, when I know they come to you, I'll see it was your hand in this moment. So let's just pause for a moment. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. Which is it easier to say, you are forgiven, or get up and walk? Lord, we just stop and come before you right now with that one person that we love and know that we want to have their eyes open to see who Jesus really is. Just as Luke was sharing this story with his friend, he wanted his friend to see who Jesus really was. He's the one that forgives sin and the one who heals. And Lord, we care that your grace goes forth in people's lives. We know it's nothing we can do on our own. We know it's by grace, through faith, the gift of God. But you call, we know that through our prayers, you open the doors. And so, Lord, we agree together for these friends that we're talking about, family members, possibly, and ask that you would open their eyes, that they would see the glory of God, the glory of who Jesus really is, as the Savior, as the forgiver, as the one who wants them to be free. And Lord, we pray for 
our partners in prayer, that we would be praying together. Uh, it's not so much for the revival, because the revival is just the outworking. We want to see people come to know you. Just as many were coming into that house and saying, look, it's Jesus. Then that we would be those people as well. And so, Lord, we, we ask for your supernatural. Uh, that's what we, we need, not, not just the natural. We need you to step into our lives, our fellowship, our world, to bring glory to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Did you want to make any announcement about the women's thing? Should probably all of us that are signed up should probably meet for a couple minutes with me. Okay. So, Jindy, if you're going to the women's thing this weekend coming, um, I have a quick update uh, on Guatemala. I got an email from Lillian uh, on Wednesday, which I haven't responded to yet. But projects this year are building some houses, some like hard work. I, I don't know how that works and how many that is. Um, and then also, uh, there's a couple sustainable things. The other one is um, putting in a tilapia farm in one or two villages uh, to help them uh, with sustaining their food there. We've never done these projects before, but I know. it's like, I'll bring my fishing pole. That's all I know. <laughs> I got my fishing pole. Is that what I need? Uh, so I'm not sure uh, if we're landing on those pro projects, but uh, we're moving on to something different this year. So I'm pretty excited about that, but I haven't, I'll, I'll tell you more as we come. So if you're watching this or if you're with us and you're uh, thinking about going or you are, you are coming, uh, in addition to our Vacation Bible School, in addition to our clothing uh, uh, donations, uh, we'll be doing that. So, get, getting excited. It's coming. And uh, just wanted to give you that quick update this morning. All right. Well, I'm signing off with uh, those of you online. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, continue to pray for your friends and your family. Uh, that Jesus would open their eyes. I want to see them come to know Jesus like you do. Amen. All right, have a great day, and we'll see you soon.